And welcome to the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And it is week 14, folks. We have a lot to cover because week 13 happened while I slept and Craig stayed up to watch um, the massacre history channel presentation of the (laughs) Battle of Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati. We have a ton going on. But first, let us start where we always start with what we are drinking Craig, what do you have in the red wow. red mug? Yeah, it's a weird week. So I had to go to the dentist today. Okay. So my mouth really doesn't like really hot or cold things right now. Right. And I really don't like beer at room temperature. No, and the, only the only the English. That's what I hear. That's you what know. I hear. Um, so I made some coffee, but put enough milk in it to temper it down and mm-hmm. added some vanilla rum. So theoretically, I'm still drinking. Well, not theoretically. I am still drinking. You're but drinking, it's not, but it's not, not beer. beer. Right. Okay. Well, uh, I, I, that you is have, terrible to hear. I am, I am ashamed to be podcasting <laughs> with you without having a beer in your hand. So I guess we at this point, we just move on. So yeah. we don't discuss the fact that I'm not drinking a beer either because I'm on antibiotics. <laughs> so the mystery illness that has plagued me for the last three weeks turned out to be a sinus infection. Not that everyone needs to know my business, but... Well, you know, when you're on medicine, particularly antibiotics, it is not a good idea to go drinking. So No, I mean, you could. I could, but I really would rather feel better and then go <laughs> drinking. True. So the worst part of this whole thing is that the doctor says to me, by the way, I'm putting you on 10 days of antibiotics because I find for your particular situation, seven is never enough. And I'm like, oh, that's two full weekends without a beer because he diagnosed me on a Saturday morning. Oh. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Sad. Yep. So this is the mostly sober episode. It may be the worst or best episode yet. Yeah. Well, I, I probably will make fewer mistakes. I probably <laughs> won't call Sterling Shepard Sterling Sharp today, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see let's what see. happens. So let's move on to burning hot take questions. OK. All right, Craig, what have you got for me today? <sighs> wow. You know, so much happened in this past weekend in football absolutely that i tried to think of a question but i feel like everything any question i came up with would probably relate to something we were going to discuss in general so well, that's I could, okay let's segue there they go there you want to go to go the, you go to the monday night game and what I let's mean, do go there yeah well you know it, well one question was what your chiefs okay let, let's go to the chiefs because let's I, go to the chiefs it, it's a miserable experience um, being a chief fan <clears> this season miserable it was started off good oh it was fantastic it's fantastic um, until our defense one by one decided they didn't need socks. Right. That's true. Uh, so with, do you think at this point in the season, now that Andy Reid's not calling the plays anymore, do they have any chance? I'm going to say no, and I'll tell you why. Because I don't think as bad as the offense was, and, and there's no excuse for not scoring a touchdown against the New York Giants. Jets. N- no, 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 I'm talking. I'm going back to the oh, Giants. Okay, game. okay. They yeah. scored. They scored two touchdowns in the first five minutes against the Jets. They did. Kelsey had two quick touchdowns. They had no touchdowns against the Giants. They scored nine points, all field goals. My issue, there's no excuse for that, particularly as the Giants had come into that game with like a seven or eight game streak of giving up a touchdown to tight ends. And when you hear the list, which I don't have right in front of me, but when you read the list, there's even tight ends on there you've never heard of. Like second string tight ends were catching touchdowns against the Giants and you can't get Travis Kelsey the ball in the Giants game. That's ridiculous. But outside from that, most of what their problem is, is defensive breakdown. Defense is what cost them the Oakland game where this all went to crap. Defense is what cost them the Pittsburgh game way back when they seemingly couldn't get anything done. And defense is what cost them the game this week. Andy Reid's play calling does not affect the defense. It's the Detroit Tiger theory. Remember Sparky uh, Sparky Anderson? Yeah, Sparky yeah. Anderson? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back in the uh, the early 80s when the Detroit uh, Tigers were really good, they had that one World Series run, and they were telling, they were talking about, you know, aren't you worried about your pitching? And he goes, no, I can give up six runs a game as long as I score seven. That seems to be the Chiefs mm. kind of point of view. We it's it's okay to give up 30 points because we have to score 31, but it's not working. 
it's not working. You're giving up too many points to teams that you need to stop. Kind of like how New Orleans used to be. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that you gave the Jets six chances to score a touchdown at the one-yard line is absolutely inexcusable from a football point of view. And that that first penalty, the, the second penalty, the one where Marcus Peters lost it, he's absolutely right. That yep. was a holding penalty. That one should have been called. The personal foul, I've watched that play as many times and as many different angles as I can find it. The, it was on the field goal attempt, the personal foul. From what I understand, if the center just kind of like doesn't stand up to block, you can't hit him. If he no, keeps you can't. His, you can't touch him. That's the long snapper so at all. How are you supposed to know? So what if he gets up to block? He can he can block after he snaps the ball legally. But if he chooses to stay down, you have to treat him like a wounded man and just like stop and not rush the Unless center. Unless you're uh, Gronkowski, yes. That that is ridiculous to me. How is a football player when I'm moving on the snap of a ball? Am I supposed to judge in less than a tenth of a second the intentions of the guy in front of me? My job is to get past that man and stop the kick. That is yeah. my job. That's and now you're telling me don't. I have to ask the guy in front of me, "What are you going to do? Are you going? Are you going to participate in this play? Or are you just snapping? You tell me so I know what I'm doing." They but, might ask him at the line. <laughs> it, it, no, that's that's fine. If there's some sort of like an eligible receiving rep, uh, uh, an eligible receiver reporting, it plays into it where somebody has to come in. You know, when they do that, they bring a lineman in. They go number fifty two is an eligible receiver. I'm fine with that. If the long snapper wants to declare is not an eligible player. You know, player or whatever, I can understand that and I'm fine with that. But you're asking the guy at across from the center to make a judgment call faster than anybody can because if he doesn't react immediately, he's going to be on his butt and, and there's going to be no rush. So you're putting him in an, un, in an untenable situation and that was my problem with it. That was my big problem with that, that, that call. That call I thought was really, really bad. So... Um, so that, yeah, so there, that, that's, that's my take on all of this. Um, so no, I don't think Andy Reed as bad as the play calling was and as bad as the offense was didn't help him this weekend. And the, the offense was way better, way better. Yeah. I should have took the over in that game. Yeah. I mean, I think they need to get cream hunt the ball a little bit more. I think they need to dedicate a little bit more to the run. Um, there was, you know, one or two, there was the first one play of the game. Cream hunt got leveled for a negative one rush and, one of the linemen looked at the center and went, what the hell are you doing? Basically, he just completely just did not block. Hmm. And that's my concern. That's, you know, that has nothing to do with Andy Reid. So um, that's so there it is. There's a five there minute go. rant about why, <laughs> you know, be a lot of those in this episode. <laughs> I think so. I think so. But uh, so. So question to me, then let's talk about the Cincinnati Pittsburgh game. OK, Um, what the hell? In which aspect? <laughs> Um, the fact that the Bengals were ahead 17 nothing, 15 nothing. I don't understand. Lost. I understand teams that don't like each other because the Chiefs and the Raiders have had a hatred that has lived back for almost 30 years, probably longer than that, actually, if you think about it. And I understand. And it's it, it can get very it's been very dirty at times, but I don't understand why there is this need to physically hurt the other members of the team and why people take pleasure in it. Can you explain to me how this rivalry became something that is not even football anymore, but has become like deeply personal? Um, I really don't know when it started because the AFC North is probably the, well, exception of the Browns. Well, the Browns used to be good ish. The AFC North is probably the most competitive slash violent division. <laughs> When they play each other, no matter if it's the Bengals and the Ravens, the Ravens and the Steelers. Well, I'm going to counter that because Ben Roethlisberger had a quote today in the uh, weekly conference call in which he said, quote, we don't feel the same respect from them, them meaning the Bengals, that Baltimore and we have because they asked him about that. Why is this game so rough I don't and know. is Baltimore Pittsburgh going to be that rough um, this weekend and he was like no we have respect for them and we don't have respect for Cincinnati what happened here what the, what the I hell I don't know I mean we could ask we try to ask Ray Lewis how he feels about 
the Steelers. <laughs> well, I think I think there's I think the AFC North. I think everyone hates the Steelers. I think that's universal. But this weird kind of we you know, don't care. We want to hurt of, people. Um, feeling from the Steelers. There's a lot of rumors that it started when Tomlin took over the Steelers. Well, that's definitely when the decline in their discipline began. There's no question about that in my mind. Yeah. There, I I have been on record before, and I'll say it again. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a bunch of bunch of undisciplined thugs. He is a player's coach to the point of excusing their behavior. He, uh, the only time he is an authoritarian is when someone crosses him, Martavius Bryant. That's it. But he has no problem with people going out there kicking and punching and hitting each other. He has no problem. And it's been clear. Wasn't he not the coach that accidentally stepped off the sideline when somebody was running down on a kickoff and accidentally, accidentally again, got in the was way of a I kick returner a couple <clears throat> years back? Uh, and, and, and we have friends who are Steelers fans, and they're going to be very, very upset that I'm saying this. But the Pittsburgh Steelers are an extremely undisciplined group of players, and, and it borders on the thuggish. It does. I'm sorry. They were classless against the Chiefs earlier this year. They were not only classless against the Bengals. And I only stayed up until halftime. I only watched the first half of that game. You watched the whole thing. But they were classless against Cincinnati. And what was funny about it was that until they leveled perfect, they fell for the exact same thing they blame him for. Did you see the play where he got the, the penalty called on Le'Veon Bell? Which... It was early in the first quarter. It was uh, the interception. The interception in the first quarter. Yep. Burfecht, That's when Pac-Man got hurt. Right. Burfecht ran around and squared up with Le'Veon while that play was, after the interception, while the play was still going on because it was a little bit of running around really quick right afterwards. Yeah. And he squared up to him and blocked him. And then when the whistle sounded, Burfecht just dropped his arms. And when Le'Veon gave him one more shove, he all of a sudden drew a flag. You oh, just yeah. got caught. Perfect, Perfect baited, him. baited you into a penalty. You how bad and, is that? <laughs> and, and that and that, that and that's what the the book on him is is you can bait him into making a mistake and getting bad penalties. And he just did it to Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, without even trying. Really, without even trying, he literally just <laughs> saw Le'Veon Bell standing on the side of the play because Le'Veon Bell in that play, I believe, rolls out as a potential screen check down. And he was in the vicinity and he saw his team intercept the ball. And so he saw the nearest block, nearest guy who wasn't giving a damn and engaged him legally ran around to the front of him and engaged him in a normal block. And Le'Veon Bell was like, what the hell are you doing? And gave him a shove after the play was over. I think he actually actually made contact with his helmet and drew a flag. That is undisciplined football. That is piss poor, and I'm sorry. There's no longer an excuse from it from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm no, no longer. And this started it. with, and you know, as good as he was in fantasy and as a receiver in general, Heinz Ward was like worse. He was one of the really? dirtiest receivers, like ever. Go watching. Go watch clips of stuff he would do, and that, again, we're not getting into the the. Uh, what's the right word? Well, he was probably within the rules. Right. Of how you know the NFL words things, but he did stuff that you would think of safety would do to people when he was right. blocking. That's so, that's I, I'm I kind of think this all started when Tomlin took over and it it slowly grew with like no one really noticing. But last right. night, Monday night, was Monday really night, bad. yeah, sorry, uh, Monday night really it really showed. And hey. the game started off where especially with um the injury they had in the first quarter, right? I just, was not good. So before we move on, let's go over some of the people who were ad- adversely affected. Juju Smith-Schuster, one game suspension for the yep. helmet helmet. I had a whole discussion with someone on Twitter about this. Yes, you did. One of the guys <clears throat> who likes us, Dan from uh, Climb the Pocket, who has interacted with us a number of times on Twitter and uh, and always sparks really good discussion. Um, has has was inter- interacting with you, and he's a, he's a Steeler fan, and you're a Bengal Bengal fan, so it becomes uh, even more interesting. Um, but he has a one-game suspension upheld, no excuse. The fact that he got an appeal and a decision within an hour, like yeah. literally was like, yeah, okay, if it's 12.30. I really think they added in the taunting of it. Well, that's what it was. He if stepped he right do, over him. If he didn't, ta- if he just blocked him and Burfecht fell over and he kept running, he 
probably wouldn't have been suspended. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. When those appeals happen, you have to go in there and explain to them. Like a ticket. It is. Why it isn't what it appears to be. Because the NFL makes these suspensions based on the video. So Juju Smith-Schuster sat across from, I, I want to say it was Derek Brooks was his appeals officer. It's always, all these old former players are the <laughs> <Yeah>. appeals officers. <laughs> when no one got <laughs> fines. Right. And he has to say to Derek Brooks, he has to convince Derek Brooks, I was merely trying to take him out of the play. I was not trying to hurt him. It was not personal. And I guarantee you, Derek Brooks listened to him talk and then looked at him and said, then explain to me why you take two steps forward and look down and begin talking to him while he's laying on the ground. Yep. If it's not personal, explain that action. And you've got nothing. Oh, well, I wanted to make sure he was okay. You didn't uh, motion You didn't motion the sidelines. Players have been known to do that. To oh, yeah. stop in the middle of a play if they see a player in peril and yep. motion. You didn't motion. As a matter of fact, the only thing you really did was after taunting him was wait for Antonio Brown to come congratulate you. That was it. So Juju, one game suspension, yep. enjoy it. Uh, let's see who else. The I I can't pronounce this guy's Ayakoa. name. Thank you. He uh, got hit. He got reduced to a fine, and I did not see yeah. that hit, so I can't comment. Um, on it. it's a hit that happens a lot in football because I feel like if if cornerbacks and safeties got suspended for this hit. They somebody be suspended every week. Wow, it's one of those where they he caught it over the middle and Ayakoa came across him, and he dove at his upper body. To so try would to you break say he launched play. himself? Because that's kind of the thing. Did he, did he like use his yeah, body as like and a it's missile? It's one of those. It's one of those things where you know again, you know, the play happens so fast, right? Well, that's was what Mike, he was he head hunting? I don't know, but I can see, even if, if he wasn't, I can see how that would happen. So, so there's a situation they have where to he, hit each other from like the chin to the stomach, essentially. So that his explanation in the appeal obviously held some weight because they actually reduced him from a suspension to a fine. So, I mean, there again, example of how that appeal works. Mike Mitchell from the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, again, the guys that climbed the pocket, shared uh, a video on Twitter of him going off and saying, you know, if we're playing flag football, we're playing flag football. And I understand his point, but I don't think it's entirely fair, you know, to, to, to say that. I mean, you can you can play the game hard and not be a jerk about it. You know, maybe the Ayakola, um, Ayakola, am I saying that right? Ayakoa. Ayakoa. I'm sorry. The Ayakoa <laughs> hit was just hard football that looked really bad. But there was that was not the case in the Juju Smith-Schuster hit. That was not the case in the Joe Mixon hit. Um, you know, I mean, I thought those were really, really bad. And it absolutely was not the case in the Rob Gronkowski hit. Oh, my which, God. Which we're going to get this he, out of the way. We're going to just get this out of the way. What the hell? What? And here's the question. He's, so He literally could have killed him. They're calling it the people's elbow. They're, Essentially. Yeah, because what, what he did. The best thing about the people's elbow part of it is that he did. He, he shuffled his feet. He, he took like did. four baby steps. What the hell Like was he was that? measuring it. Like he was measuring up he the was distance. Like having a tantrum. It was. It was. So let me ask you this. Okay, so we've already established that when you go into those appeals, the appeal officer wants to hear from you why it's not what it looks like on the tape. <laughs> Right. What could Rob Gronkowski <laughs> have possibly gone in with? I don't know because if you listen to him. His apology, he's like, oh, I was just really frustrated and it was an emotional game and I was frustrated. At that point in the game, you had 142 yards and a touchdown. What the hell are you frustrated about? And you're up about? by 20. What are you frustrated about? And you're up by 20 points. So he got an interception. Big deal. Yeah. Like, what? He's yeah. laying on the ground. Half of his body is out of bounds. Yeah. And he's on his stomach. The, the, best, re- the best revenge is living well. You know what I mean? And that's why there's so many guys who respond to the taunting on the field with just go scoreboard and point towards the sky. You're up 23 to three. That is unforgivable and stupid. He should be spending for like three games. He's seriously, there could have been someone else in the hospital. Well, here's, and this is, I've heard this before. I've heard this before. When you injure someone on a play, that is, but that was Craig's phone. If you caught that, I don't know if you caught that, but if you heard it off off sound, that was Craig's <laughs> phone deciding to chime in. Apparently, it's a Gronk fan. Guess um, so. If you injure somebody on a play that is ruled by the NFL and upheld in in appeal to be a dirty hit, I honestly think your suspension should be as as at least as long as he is out. The amount of time that guy is out. That's it. 
I that's fair. Juju Smith Schuster should not play again. And I understand that's not the way the rule is. I'm saying this is the way the rule should be. Juju Smith Schuster should not step foot on the field again until Vontae Perfect is able to practice. That's fair. And it should be a one plus situation. You the the week after they return to play, you suspend one. That way, if they if if they get hurt, but they try to practice on Thursday and they take the field kind of thing, then you still got to serve at least one week. But if you knock somebody out on a clearly dirty hit for three weeks, you should be out for four. That's I think you'll start yeah. to see these guys pay a little bit more attention. Or you know what's even better? Don't don't suspend them. Okay. Find them. Find them the full amount of four weeks worth of pay. There it is. So Juju. Find them for how long they're out for. Yes. So Avante Perfect is out for three weeks. Juju can play, but he's paying a fine equal to four weeks of his salary. You are going to play for free because that's what you hear from all these people. You're taking me off the field. You know, you never. You're costing me fifty thousand dollars. Let's put the let's put those numbers into a better respect. Let's put those numbers into the tens of thousands, the hundreds of thousands of dollars, and all of a sudden, let's see how quickly it takes for. Juju Smith-Schuster to lay somebody out or for Rob Gronkowski to drop an elbow. You know, if it's going to cost you two or three million dollars, you might think twice. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, I know the NFL is a different place than it was 10, 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. And either really they're even though they really don't want to talk about um, concussions, they seem to be more concerned about player safety. But the so players now, don't seem to be concerned about player safety. They don't. That you know what? Me. That's the thing. No one. No one wraps up tackles anymore. No. Everyone, because ESPN created this, everyone wants to be on a highlight reel. Yep. And have their five seconds when they knock somebody out. There was a play in the Chiefs-Jets game like that where the cornerback came across and he just put his shoulder into Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson just ran by him. Like the guy was not even there. And I'm like, yeah. what in the holy hell is wrong with you? Yeah, so you think, especially with this Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game, like after uh, what happened and... um What's his name? The linebacker that got hurt, Pittsburgh. Oh, uh, the the guy who had the, the back injury. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank on his name. I'll look it up. She uh, she, she, it's Shay. Yeah. Anyway, she, you, th- you she, think she, after she, uh, that? You think after she, that they would have like calmed down terrible. a little? And that wasn't even a bad play. It was just a bad tackle on his. Yeah, part. that was, and that's the thing. I mean, you you got to remember that was him. And to a certain extent, he led with his head. He I don't think he was trying to. I think he was trying to get his shoulder into the person, but he missed. Honestly, I just think it was a bad, yeah, just a bad move. But you, you're right. Everybody's on a knee and everybody is like, oh, my God, this is terrible. And then two minutes later, you've got people laying each other out again intentionally. I don't get it. Yeah. Don't get it. Now, fortunately, he's back in Pittsburgh and they say he's going to be OK. Is he now back in Pittsburgh? He's back in Pittsburgh today. They transported him back to Pittsburgh oh, today. Good. It's a contusion. It's not as bad as they feared. Good. Um, good. I mean, so, he may he may be out a couple of weeks because they may just decide. I think to be you know what he's it. played. This is his fourth or fifth year. He hasn't finished the season yet. I think the universe is telling the you not force to play. Is telling you to not play football anymore. Yeah. Now and and there's one more suspension we have to talk about. Oh, and that's Marcus Peters. What happened with him? Oh, you 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 know what you're you're just setting me up. Yeah, there, right? I, okay. I, I was just gonna say you didn't see this. Oh, I, I saw it. Well, that's right. You were tweeting me about it the whole time. That's right. Even Tom was watching it. That was, and that was funny because Craig is on real time because he's watching it on cable and I'm watching it on streaming through Directv now. So I'm like 30 seconds behind. So I'll get us. Uh, it's, it's Ryan Shazer. Shazer. That's right. Sorry. Yep. Thank you. Um, I, I'm watching it on on the stream, so I'm like 30 seconds behind. So Craig will send me a message like, where is his socks? And I'm like, what the hell is he oh, talking about? Oh, that was about? Tom. That but was yeah. Tom, yeah. <laughs> where are his socks? And then like, I'm like, what is he talking about? And as I'm saying to, out loud to my wife, what is he talking about? Out he runs with no socks. So th- th- again, that's again, like we talked about in the beginning, that was the frustration fact. There, you cannot do that, period. He threw a flag into the stands. What if that hit someone in the eye? It's possible. It's Remember happened. it happened in the Browns? It's happened. Someone, the referee threw a flag and hits some guy in the yes. eye. That's why referees have to flow flags straight up is because it only hits the top here. It used to be you could just throw the flag as long as it was visible. Now they have to throw them straight up. That is inexcusable behavior. That We talk about a lack of discipline, and I talk about a lack of discipline on Pittsburgh. That is a lack of discipline by Marcus Peters. You, Your your best defensive players are out. Eric Berry's done for the year. Um, you know, And now your best center, your best cornerback. 
And people are like, oh, they shouldn't have suspended them. Yes, they should have. This is absolutely what you need to do. It is time for someone to put the foot down on the Kansas City Chiefs and say, you guys aren't winning. You need to do something. You need to behave like you belong here. And you know what? It puts the defense on notice. It does not matter who you are. So you're implying I should start Michael Crabtree this week. I think Michael Crabtree is a great start this week. You know, and that changes today. I have not I have not <laughs> updated my numbers to reflect this, but it's he is a great start this week because of it. So um, last burning hot take it's, question. We have spent yeah. over 25 minutes it's on the burning. triggered episode. It a triggered um, <laughs> episode. So this so this one comes from Cinch. Question okay. from our friend Cinch. Okay. He has heard reports that Sean McVay, the coach of the Rams, mm-hmm. is preparing his team with a silent snap count because he's worried about crowd noise this weekend. Where are they playing? At home. Okay. That's why it's weird. What the hell? Why are you preparing for crowd noise for a home game? That's strange. I haven't heard. Well, I mean, I guess Philadelphia. I guess it's good to have. I mean, the Rams in Philadelphia really don't have a history. I don't know what it is, but he's heard this report. And I was like, wow, I had not heard that. Unless he's getting them ready for something else. That's possible. And he's using the home game to try it out. It's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. That's a big game this weekend, too. Philly and L.A. Because next week they're playing um, the Seahawks. Right. So and so one maybe for that one really quick bonus one. We just got to yeah. hit on real quick and then we're going to move on. We did get a Twitter question from a, a, a listener. Raiders for life is in his playoff and he needs to start either Case Keenum or Cam Newton. They are playing each other. It's Minnesota at Carolina. Who do you start? Do you start Cam Newton against the Minnesota defense? Do you start Case Keenum against the Carolina defense? Who do you like? As someone who had Cam Newton as a quarterback last year, can't, you never know what you're going to get with Cam Newton, no matter if, he, if even if he plays at home. I think he he's may, a little better at home. A little, but I mean, he may rush for a touchdown and throw for a touchdown, but he may have three interceptions. Well, that's where you. Well, that's that's the problem. So there, we don't know if Greg Olson's going to play, and Devin Funches is probably going to see injured. a lot. Funches is injured, yeah, and if he does play, he's going to see Xavier Rhodes. And you know how many people have had a good game against Xavier Rhodes this year? How many? One. Who Thanksgiving Day. Who did Minnesota play? Why am I drawing a blank on this? Was that Detroit? Was that Minnesota versus Detroit? Maybe. I can look it up. I believe so. And I believe that was the game that uh, Golden Tate was good. And that Golden, he was on Golden Tate. That was it. Every other game this year, he has been absolutely shut down to where I heard Minnesota fans are like printing t-shirts that say Rhodes closed. Nice. Get it? Xavier Rhodes. Rhodes is closed. Ha. Okay. Yeah, it was the Lions. It was the Lions. Yes. And Golden Tate was the only one who actually had success against him. So if Funches plays... And Olsen is out. Where the hell is Cam throwing the ball? A lot of checkdowns, a lot of Christian McCaffrey action. It would have to mostly be McCaffrey. Now, I'm hearing Olsen's probably going to play, but it's early in the week. I mean, we may not. We don't know. So, you know, that's that's something to say. I am going to go and my initial um, reaction to was Case Keenum. I'm going to stick with that. I think that... uh, Carolina is giving up about 250 passing yards a game. And in the last three, it's gone up. They've averaged 211 yards a game over the course of the season, but 249 in the last three games. So their pass defense is not improving. It's actually giving up more yards than it was a month ago. So I'm going to go Keenum, but I think you can go either way on this one personally. Mm-hmm. So you got to start one. What do you, what do you start? Um, I would go with Keenum. Okay. So there you go. Raiders All for life. Receivers are still there. Raiders for life, if you're hearing this, and you, I hope you are because you said you would, um, we're, we're both going to go Keenum on this. And, you know, good luck in your playoff. Um, our home league, we still have another week mess. before the playoffs begin. <laughs> um, well, yeah, the, our playoff was an absolute mess until this week, and now it became very clear. I'm in my playoff game, um, so I have one week to play, and I'm playing for my division, but even if I lose my division, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the playoffs. Craig is fighting for both. Um, can, you, can you win the division, or are you one or game, two games back? Of no, I can't win the division. Okay, so you need to win this week to make the playoffs, period. That's he it. He beat me by um, like 10 points last week. Though I'm projected to win this week by like five. So there it is. 
So that if you win this week, because he's already claimed a division, you would have, have to play, to play him, him three again. straight weeks. Yes. Wow. The same yes. team three straight weeks. It's so and you could you fun. could potentially lose this game and still make the playoffs if the guy behind you doesn't win in his matchup. Right. Who is Keith playing? It's our buddy Keith. Um. Who's in? That's in Sony. He's got to play Heidek. Oh. He's got to play Heidek. So that's yeah. that's going to be <laughs> tough. Heidek has not had a good uh. year. So, <laughs> so it means I have to win. <laughs> right. So win this week and then you'll be in the playoffs. And ben. actually, I'm playing Cinch this week and Cinch next week. So as much as I like our dear friend Cinch, and he was a fantastic contributor and is actually talking about contributing more in the future with our podcast. I hope he loses badly this week and next week. So, um, of course, Gronk is suspended for the, the, the game that's not a playoff game. True. So I probably will win this this week, get the extra 10 bucks that comes with being a division winner and then get smashed next week mm-hmm. when he can start his his top of the line, you know, tight end. So, yep. All right. So moving on from burning hot take questions, which was the, the big thing this week was all the suspensions, all the stuff going on, you know. Um, yeah, there's just a lot going on. So. All right. So before we get into projections, okay, here is your side side stuff of the week. Other stuff that has happened. Okay. Ben McAdoo, <clears throat> the first what the hell the first Giants head coach fired midseason in did forty he, years. Like what? Ray did Hanley. Did he just purposely want to ruin Manning's streak? I don't know. Is that what's what? I think wanted? he thought he was saving his job. Did he know? Did he think like? Did he know he was getting fired and just like screw this guy? He sucks. Um, I've heard I've heard a lot of different things on this. Ugh, First off, I just want to point out this this statement is factual. All right, Ray Hanley was not fired midseason, and he was one of Sum the worst up coaches. Don't know who Ray is. Yeah, Ray Hanley was like, oh god, what was it? Was he the coach? Two coaches after Parcells? Maybe he was uh, early nineties, and when the Giants were really really struggling, and uh, they did not. They did not fire. They did not fire him midseason. I think they won six games that year, and they just let it play out. And he lost like his last five. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, that's how bad Ben McAdoo was. They fired him midseason, where they could not fire a guy named Ray Hanley. So, I've heard a couple different things. I've heard, um, I heard one pundit say this was a total attempt at making something change that backfired on the whole organization. Mm-hmm. That organizationally. Somebody went to McAdoo and said, you need to make a big change. This can't continue. We need to show the fans we're doing something. And McAdoo said, okay, I'm going to bench Eli. I've also heard people say that McAdoo went to management and said, you guys have got to untie my hands here. This is Eli's fault and tried to throw Eli under the bus. So whatever it is, in a desperation move to try and save their own skins, Mm -hmm. Ben McAdoo and or the front office threw Eli Manning under the bus. That is how this all came to pass. And it completely backfired on him because if you're going to throw Eli Manning under the bus, Brett Favre better be walking through that door to take the spot. And it's Geno Smith. You brought in a guy and, and you sat there and said, well, we have to evaluate him. No, you don't. Geno Smith play. We have seen Geno Smith a lot. We have seen him a lot in his in his day in his time with the Jets. He is not a rookie who has not seen real game action. And it's not like he started like 15 or 16 games, but you've had him through OTAs, you've had him through camp, you've seen film on him. You know what you have in Geno Smith. So that was a BS excuse that did not fly. This was clearly an attempt to pin the blame somewhere other than themselves, and it failed. And now yep. they all are out of jobs. And if Sterling Shepard, who landed on the injury report again today, did not practice on Wednesday. If he plays this weekend, Sterling Sharp for us, uh, Sterling Sharp. There it is. I there did it, it again. And I'm not and even he's drinking. Not drinking, folks. Not drinking. Sterling Shepard to me is like a DFS golden start. Like if he golden, plays, if he plays. As I mean, I did my projections today and did everything before the news broke. And literally, I made my lineups, and then I saw like not even five minutes after. I that's the funny part of this. Five minutes after, I was like, I, I look over and I'm like, oh, Sterling Shepard is on the report. And I'm like looking at my lineups. I'm like, I've got him two out of three lineups. What the hell, man? So, but we'll see what happens there. All right. So last thing before projections. All right. Quick shot question. Okay. 
That's a new one. I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep this one brief on my <laughs> end. You can talk as much as you want because I've been talking in like 30 out of the last 34 <clears throat> minutes. The following four teams have been officially eliminated from the playoff race. <laughs> 28 other teams are still technically alive. The Broncos at three and nine are alive because the Chiefs can't win this goddamn game. <laughs> oh, John Elway's going to fire everyone after the season. Well, John Elway might be the one who needs to be fired, though. I mean, that's the problem. When you bring a legend in, how do you get rid of him now? You know, I mean, it's, I'm not saying he needs to go. I'm not blaming everything on John Elway, but. If everything goes south because of John Elway, what are you going to do? You can't fire John Elway as a Bronco. So, all right. Okay. Four teams. Cleveland. Okay. Chicago. Sorry, Sean. Okay. San Francisco. Yep. And the New York Giants. Okay. Which one? We can one, make one team out of that. What's that? Yeah. We can make one team that can win six games. <laughs> Which one of these teams, A, should not be on this list. Like it'd be preseason. We would not have put them on this list. Okay. And B, which one has the best chance to improve next year? <clears throat> um, <clears throat> uh, who shouldn't be on that list at the beginning of the year? Probably, uh, Cleveland, Chicago, <clears throat> San Francisco. Probably Giants. Chicago. Really? You thought that Chicago would be better than this? And better than the Giants. Yes. Really? You, I mean, there was a lot of buzz about the Giants preseason that they were going to be contenders. Really? Yeah, I thought so. And I didn't really think I didn't think the Vikings were going to be as good as they are. Well, you remember one of my preseason <clears throat> predictions was 10 wins would not cut it in the NFC North. Yeah, you're right. I did predict that. And it turns out I'm going to be completely wrong because you're Green right, Bay got terribly injured and Chicago. Yeah, that's what actually ruined John's fantasy season. Yeah. He went all Packer heavy and they're all dead. Yeah. So, I mean, I expected Chicago to be bad, but I expected Green Bay, Detroit, and Minnesota to be really good. And Minnesota is turned out like Detroit. Yeah, I I don't know what to make of Detroit. And Stafford's hurt, by the way, now too. Is he? Yes, his hand is way worse than they let on, is what I'm hearing. So there's a chance Stafford Stafford is not a guaranteed play this week. So he may miss time. I, don't uh, even, I can't even tell you who the backup there is. I, Scott Tolzien. Tell you maybe. <laughs> uh, most improved for next year, yes. probably the 49ers because there's nowhere to go but up. And Jimmy Garoppolo, <clears> I and think they is have Garoppolo. Be they re- they really weren't that bad. They didn't. Lo- they weren't. They were really never blown out of games. Yeah, for the most part, their games were pretty close. So I, just, I think they're almost there. I worry Jimmy Garoppolo is the second coming of Matt Castle. In terms of like somebody who was great. What happened the, to Matt Castle? Um, he's the third stringer somewhere. Really? Yes. Oh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't feel like looking it up because it's not that important. But he's still in the league. He's still in the league. Oh, yeah. So, all right. So that's all, right. Uh, that's all the news that's fit to that's print, all so the to news. speak. Oh, I have a quick question. Please. Um, how did you feel about my comment about Tom Brady being the, the current day Dan Marino? <clears throat> In that he doesn't like to be hit. Doesn't like to be hit, oh, and he no kind question. of blames everyone else for everything. <laughs> yeah. When he said when he gets hit, he gets cranky, and then it's all of a sudden it's everyone else's fault. Yeah, I mean, I think there are times where I think his competitive nature forces him to call call people out, and he really should be a little bit more chill. Um, I think sometimes he, everyone gets a route wrong. The problem is I've never seen Tom Brady throw a pass to the wrong route because every time somebody breaks left that he thinks is going to break right, he chews their head off. And as they're walking off the field on third down and he's screaming at whoever, they're just kind of like, all right, whatever. So we don't know how many of those times that was actually Brady going the wrong way or the receiver going the wrong way. We'll just never mm-hmm. know. Um, I, I think I think you have to be careful when you demand perfection particularly as you get older. Um, it's a lesson I've learned as a manager in real life is that, you know, you've got, you, you can't hold people to stuff you're not holding yourself to. And I think that Brady does not like being talked to. I don't like think Brady likes being hit. No, he Tough. definitely doesn't like being hit. Tough. That's how, that's one of the only ways you can really beat the Patriots is if you rattle And him. the Bills are actually good at it, surprisingly. Yeah, but they couldn't get any points on the board. Well, no, they couldn't, but... <clears throat> and that was not Tyrod's fault because Tyrod got hurt right away. My God, am I glad I didn't start him this week. I know. I think the oh. Bills, I think someone paid the, someone to hurt Tyrod. I don't know. They just don't want him there. He, he'll, he'll be looking for a home next year. No question. Probably the Chiefs. I, I'll take him. <laughs> I'll take him. I mean, I think I think if the Chiefs don't win 
this week against Oakland because that would be really bad. That would yep. mean that would lose them first place. I think at that point, at six and seven, you've got to consider shutting down the season, particularly if the Chargers. I know that's hard to say. A six and seven team that's a game out of the first place in their division should shut it down. Yep. But I think you need to go to Pat Mahomes at that point and see what you got. And I don't think Alex Smith is the problem. This week he played fantastically. I watched that game from beginning to end, and I thought he played really, really well. But, you know, I think at some point you've got a, not as a blame move, but Pat Mahomes, unlike Geno Smith, does not have any NFL experience. And this guy is your future. So I think you got to get him out there. So on to DFS. Yay. DFS last week was a miserable experience. Um, I actually heard an expert today say that he has stopped playing cash games because it is too volatile. Cash games have become too volatile for him. Wow, and so he's quick, like, quick aside, yeah. Quick definition of a, ca- of a cash game. Cash games are the ones the fifty fifties and the double ups. Okay, those are the ones where you're you're playing to reach a certain point, and everyone who wins wins the same amount. So if it's fifty people who are going to win, first through fifty all get the same amount. Tournaments are where you get the tiered payouts, and so you plan differently. You plan safer in a cash lineup and try to put together a lineup that's going to get across the bar as opposed to tournaments where you go for home run hitters more often or try to find that one guy with low ownership. The biggest difference is in in tournaments, you don't want guys with high ownership. If 50% of the field is owning you know, Joe Mixon, you don't want to have Joe Mixon because you want to differentiate yourself. In cash games, if 50% of the field owns Joe Mixon, and you're on that list, you just hope that you're that he does well because then that those are the fifty percent of the people who are gonna make money that week. Mm-hmm. So the number of people who own you or ownership percentage matters in the differences too. Tourneys, you want low ownership percentage on your guys. Cash game, you right. don't care. And you don't see the ownership until the game's over. Until so the game you starts. You kinda have to guess. Yes. Yes, you have to anticipate ownership, and sometimes that's hard. And depending on the site, that can be very difficult to predict. So all right, so I got some lineups in front of me. I've got the metric over here. Okay. Um, so, Craig, let's start with quarterback. Who do you like at quarterback this week? Uh, let me look at the fan duels. Yes. Craig's going to talk mainly about FanDuel. I will talk mainly <laughs> about DraftKings. I had a good luck with FanDuel at least a couple weeks. Yeah, well, you've been doing well with it, so keep it up. Load app. All right, well, let me talk about my guys while yes, you're doing that. go ahead. All right, so I've got a couple. Um, the metric loves Deshaun Kaiser this week. Green Bay is an absolute sieve for passing yards. Their passing defense is virtually non-existent. He's a high-risk, high-reward play. So in tournaments, I'm using Deshaun Kaiser, and I am going to actually play a tournament or two this weekend. Smaller tournaments, but tournaments. In cash games, I love Andy Dalton. Yes, you heard that correct. (laughs) They're Um, playing Denver. They're playing the Chicago. Chicago. Oh, Denver's in two weeks. They're at home against Chicago. Chicago's secondary is not very good, and I think they're going to be stinging from that loss. I think you're going to see the Andy Dalton show. So Kaiser in tournaments, Dalton in cash is what I'm looking at. If you're looking for a safer play, it's probably Russell Wilson, but he's also very expensive on DraftKings. He's at 6500 So quarterbacks on FanDuel. Craig, what do you got for me? Uh, so the three I like uh, going matchup base. Uh Probably, probably might be a little surprising, but probably Dak Prescott in New York. Really? Because he's playing the Giants. I have a feeling the Giants are going to come out and rally behind Eli this week. Yeah, but is their defense going to do that? Yes. Think so? Yes, because if Eli can only put 10 points on the board, they want that game to be 10-7. <laughs> um, my other go-to, only because um, he's he's been on a pretty hot streak lately, is probably Phil Rivers. Oh, yeah. He's... 8,100 on DraftKings, or I'm sorry, FanDuel. Uh, I know Washington has a decent secondary, but I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up. Yeah, and if Hunter Henry is healthy, then that that adds wrinkle in. I've got Rivers for 22 points. And then my other one is probably Derek Carr because your secondary is injured and suspended. I don't have any faith in Carr because of the Cooper hurt, the Cooper being hurt. Um, What's his name? What the heck's the tight end there? Cook? Just it does not appear to desire to play football anymore. So it's a big crab tree potential, but I don't see Carr having the big game. So, all right. So there you go. There's that. Let's talk about running backs. Okay. Um, even though he's hurt, possibly, don't okay. know what's going on. Um, it's probably Williams in Green Bay, Jamal Williams. 
Okay. I know everyone yeah, is up that. and everyone tells me how good Cleveland's run defense is, but Cleveland's is horrible. Cleveland Cleveland's run defense has been a little bit more porous the last two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with Jamal Williams is he's going to be very trendy. He's a good tournament play. No, I'm sorry. He's a good cash play. Yeah. I don't think he's a great tournament play because I think a lot of people are going to be using him. So that's just me, but th- that's what I'm hearing on, on the street. The word in the street is he's going to be 30 to 40% owned across all contests. Yep. So, you know, good for cash. Who else you got in running? Um, back? And to save money, uh, Powell on the Jets. <clears throat> no, I have below Powell high in the metric this week, too. And um, Fandle, he's 5,700. He's 4,000 on DraftKings. I've got him Fandle slated for so 13 much more points. Expensive. Well, they, 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 they tier differently. They do, but they, they have a kicker. So I don't get, I don't know. You know, I mean, four times forty three hundred. I mean, I think what they're doing is they're they're leveraging out those two headed giants. You know, those teams that yeah. are sharing the load, they're they're averaging them out. So what you're going to see is they may be way higher or way lower than you think, but they're going to be very close in price. Like Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram this week were right next to each other. And again, I, you know, if you can afford it, always start uh, Kamara. Oh, I'm still on the Mark Ingram train. I I know he had the one bad game, and Kamara has been really, really good. If you have Kamara in season long, congratulations. I know Craig does. I do. He's going to be so, on my team for as long as possible. Yeah, that's like two years, dude. But enjoy yeah, him enjoy for two well. years. Um, yeah, but I I I I'm still using Ingram here and there. Uh, tourney lineups. The um the metric loves Giovanni Bernard this week because the he's the only running back left. <laughs> well, because not only that, but the values came out before the game Monday night. They published values Monday during the day, mm-hmm. so Joe Mixon was alive and well when that came out. And now, so he's got a salary of thirty one hundred, and he's looking at a potential for thirteen fourteen points. That puts him at three x. I'm sorry, four x. So um, I'm using him in cash. Him and uh, are you ready? All right, Frank Gore. His <laughs> all key, reliable. <laughs> his 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 load is include increased again. He's thirty nine hundred. What did I say about a month ago? Anytime Frank Gore is under four thousand, he's usable in DFS. <laughs> so I, I I keep expecting Marlon Mack's share to rise, and it just doesn't happen. So um, and they're playing Buffalo. Buffalo's run defense is horrendous. Yeah. So I expect Frank Gore to have a big game. So I'm using Gore and Bernard in cash games because that way I'm going to, you're going to see, I'm going to save up and I'm going to spend big at uh wide out. Mm-hmm. Um, but in tourney, I'm using Gore and bell. Um, I'm spending up a little bit to use Le'Veon bell in the tourney because I think he's going to have a big game in his own right. And he, I have him as the highest projected running back of the week. So in tourney this week, against I went, Baltimore. Yes. I went really cheap some places and really expensive others because again I'm trying to split I'm I uh, Bell's going to be like 15% owned in attorney because everybody looks elsewhere and that's high ownership for attorney but if he gets me 25 30 points I can live with the 15%. Yeah. You know. Um I don't know that Frank Gore is going to be more than 8% owned. I don't know that Deshaun Kaiser is going to be more than 4% owned. Um, I can't remember who I played. Oh, it was Dontrell Inman two weeks ago, 1.2% ownership in a tournament. I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm in a group of 5,000 people and only 50 of us have picked up Dontrell Inman. I can live with that. And he's that been good. Oh, he's been really good. He's the only option Chicago has. He's in value every week. But that's a thing. He's like 3,400 and he has six catches for 62. That's 12.2 points. That's 3x value. Yeah. Every week, he, he gets up to that 3x value line. He's a little more expensive this week. Did I use him this week? I don't see him anywhere on this week. But, all right. So, anyways, uh, so the metric loves Bernard and Gore. If you're looking for safer op- options, I love Kamara this week for at least 20 points. Um, and I don't have Ingram low. I'm just saying I like Kamara to take a lot more of the value there. And Marshawn Lynch. You know, the Chiefs defense just unless he gets ejected again, which is always a possibility. It's always possible. So you never um, know. He, Marshawn is Marshawn, man. I mean, we're going to do wideouts. OK, uh, so um, Trent Taylor from San Francisco is the metrics pick of the week because Garoppolo seems to like to throw him the ball. And Bruce is hurt. And Bruce is hurt. Um, and it's against Houston. Houston's secondary is not really that super. You can pass on Houston. So I think both San Francisco wideouts are an option, but uh, Trent Taylor and Sterling Shepard. He also likes Mike Wallace, but Sterling Shepard is a 5,300, but I've got him slated for at least 16 points if he plays, but he's on that injury report. 
Uh, safer it, safer bet for me this week is Tyreek Hill. I like Tyreek Hill a great deal, but who am I using in cash games? I am using AJ Green to pair him up with the Dalton and Bernard combo I've got. So you smell Good. a Cincinnati stack there. AJ's on my list as well. I am using Hill and Shepard as well. In the tourneys, I'm using Josh Gordon because I've got Kaiser in, uh, and I'm using Tyreek Hill and um, DeAndre Hopkins. Because as much as I don't fear the Houston secondary, I also don't fear the San Francisco secondary. And I think that could be a very high scoring game. So wide receivers, Craig, who are you looking at? Um, I paired up Keenan Allen because I was thinking about using since I was thinking about using Rivers. Uh, But the other ones I always consider Fitzgerald. He's always he's always good for like anywhere between 15 to 25 points. Yeah, Larry Fitz is, is feast or famine. He's either under five or over 15. I mean, every single week. So yeah. I, I'm um, a little worried about the Keenan Allen because of the Josh Norman factor. But right. hey, if he can burn and Norman's not unbeatable. So and then it, you know, Crabtree might work again because your secondary doesn't play. Yeah, I have Crabtree. <laughs> yeah, and I don't have a secondary anymore. Everyone's uh, hurt or suspended. Yep. Where are his socks? Devonte Adams, who was playing Cleveland. Yeah, it's the old start. Everybody against and everyone Cleveland. loves still. Everyone still loves Josh Gordon. Um, he's still not that expensive. I mean, uh, that Josh Gordon thing. on FanDuel is sixty seven hundred. I'm looking for him right now. Give me a second. He is more expensive than Cooper Cup and Javon Curse. Really? And Aguilar. That's surprising. Oh, there yeah. he is. He's fifty five hundred. So I need him to get to sixteen points. Do you, you realize since um, against a terrible secondary since Aaron Rodgers has gotten hurt? No one has mentioned Jordy Nelson's name. He has been steadily falling down the list. I don't even think I have right this week. Can you be an elite receiver without an elite quarterback? Without an elite quarterback to trust you. That's the thing. Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Wow. Wrong, wrong, wrong team. <laughs> um, and he's not drinking, folks. Who is that guy? <laughs> who the hell's a quarterback in Green Bay anymore? <laughs> Whoever it is doesn't have any oh, faith in him. Oh my god! I I'm just I'm I'm drawing a blank. I can see the guy's it's Huntley. face. Huntley, that's right. Thank you, um, <laughs> Brett Huntley. Brett Huntley. Uh, he just doesn't he doesn't have the faith that and the and the the synergy that that Rogers had. But we might be getting Rogers back, so I personally think that's a mistake. I think you shot him down for the rest of the year so he can be fairly healthy for next year because you're not yeah, making the playoffs. I guess he's uh, tired yeah. of standing there, I suppose. That's it. He doesn't want to hold the clipboard anymore. All right, tight ends. Tight ends are a mess. I'm going to tell you right now. I rank, you don't like your boy. I don't. Rank, I rank a minimum of ten tight ends every week, and I mm-hmm. struggled to do that this week. Um, the uh, the metric loves. I'm going to botch his name, David Njoku, who is the uh, tight end in Cleveland, because um, again the the whole Kaiser and Gordon thing, and you can pass on Green yep. Bay all day long. So uh, that's his love. I'm looking. I like Hunter Henry. I have him for about 12 points because I think um, you can pass on Washington's uh, at the tight end position. We've seen that before. Um, I am using Kelsey in cash games because, again, I saved down at quarterback and running back and I spent up at my receiver positions. So I'm using Kelsey there. uh, And in the tourney, I'll use Njoku. And that gives me a... Big time Cleveland stack. So th- this is terrible. I cannot believe the words are coming out of my mouth. But I am <laughs> you using. You just say a Cleveland stack. A Cleveland Brown stack oh my in my turn lineup where I've got Kaiser, I mean, Gordon, and Joker all in there. So, you know, I have everyone but the running backs in that game. Um, and, on, and on the uh, cash side, I'm looking at a Cincy stack. I've got Dalton, Bernard, and uh, Green. So. You know, I'm looking at um, stacks seem to be the way to go. Yeah. Who do you who do you like at tight end this week? I don't. And tight end is a mess. It is Gronk a mess. is out. Ertz is hurt. We don't know if it's Ertz only, will play. It, no, he's not playing. He's in um, concussion protocol. OK, but they haven't ruled him out yet, but he's probably not playing because he's still in the protocol at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You, you think Cleek uh, is too expensive? You wouldn't use him. Who? Your uh, your tight end. Who? Kelsey? Kelsey. Oh, no, I'm using him in the cash game. Oh, OK. I'm using him in the cash game because I had the money to use him. And he's the highest. Graham was like an always play guy. Yeah. And he left uh, New Orleans. Yeah. No, he's not. Um, I like Kyle Rudolph. Uh, who else? I have an air. Croft is always good. But again, 
He is playing the Bears, but he is injury prone. He did all right against Pittsburgh, and I think I called that last week. I don't, I think he was spectacular, but he was all right. Uh, is Jack Doyle? He's playing Buffalo. Jack Doyle on bad disappointment last week too. He needs a bounce and back. Surprise! One of my top picks for tight end is uh, ASJ on the Jets. Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh, Denver is not good with tight ends. And Denver, they can stop, they can stop receivers, but they have—they're like the Jets. They yeah. have issues with tight ends. They're, they're tight ends, and, and they don't like screen passes. So, all right, defenses. I've been standing here or sitting here. I don't know. I sit down when I do this. Yes, for thirteen weeks. Thirteen weeks. Telling you the secret to defense is to simply start whoever is playing the Cleveland Browns. So this week, I am absolutely backing the Minnesota Vikings at the Carolina Panthers. (laughs) I first off, I've got a Cleveland stack. The metric loves Cleveland this week. And even if those guys don't go off to the point where my my statistics think that they will. Yeah, I could be completely wrong on that. Green Bay is horrendous. This could be the week Cleveland wins a game. I really honestly believe Cleveland could go win this game. Um, now, the only thing that's bothering me about the Cleveland stack, full disclosure, yep. is there are pre- there are weather reports that there might be snow Saturday night and that it might be 15 to 20 mile an hour winds on Sunday. As one pundit put it today, I'll worry about the wind on Sunday. So I may back off my Cleveland stack, so Fair. keep an eye on the weather. But I can't take the Green Bay defense while I'm starting every Cleveland receiver. That's fair. So I'm going with the Vikings because they're only $2,700 on DraftKings. And next to Cleveland, um, or whoever's playing Cleveland, rather, that's the one that the the metric likes. I'll tell you right now, I, I read rankings from, you know, I listen to a lot of different sites. Um, and a lot of them have low totals this week for the defenses. They expect an offensive week because we have a lot of offensive heavy matchups. So, you know, we're, we'll see, you know, Philly and LA is going to score a lot of yep. points. Minnesota, Carolina has a tendency to put possibly to score a lot of points. If you're playing in the Thursday night slate, New Orleans as Atlanta has a tendency to be over a hundred points combined. It's a possibility, you know, Washington and L.A. Uh, could be big scoring. Oakland at Kansas City could be big scoring. New England at Miami could be big scoring just because New England could score 50 points. Yeah. So uh, who do you like? So you, you want to guess who is the top defense on FanDuel? Right. Here are like the top. most expensive. Most expensive. Yeah. You're right. I'll give the you the Chargers in the top three. They are in the top three. With um, the other two. They're number two. The Chargers are third. The Chargers are third. Who would so, you say is first and second? First and second. Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to take a shot. The Patriots? Because uh, Miami's no. really bad. No? All right. No. I'm going to take it. This is a shot in the dark. I'm going to go with the 49ers because Tom Savage is playing quarterback for Houston. No, they're like towards the bottom. Okay, so that's strike two. I got one more shot here, huh? Yep. Oh... Can't be the Packers, right? Packers are fourth. Packers are fourth. Okay, so I'm gonna. I, I know that was my third strike, but I'm uh, gonna take one more shot in the dart with the Jags. Jags are second. The Jags are second. What about the Colts? Because Buffalo's a disarray, and Nate Peterman's um, definitely starting. Now this starting. might surprise you. The Colts are second from last. See, they're they're much hot, more expensive on DraftKings. All right, so who did I miss? Who was the number the one Bills. defense? The Bills really are fifty three hundred dollars. They are not that high up on DraftKings. They are the top defense. I would draft. not use I'm the Bills defense this week. Who are the Bills even playing? Why can't I find They're playing the screen? Colts. Well, there's why. I, I should have gone the other way on that. That again, that could be a Nate Peterman's a terrible quarterback. <laughs> but that game has a but so is Jacoby Brissett. That game could be six three or it could be sixty thirty. Yeah. You know, this I mean, year has been so freaking weird. Some of these games are just completely unwatchable this week. Just completely unwatchable. Like, yep. I'm sorry. I can't watch India Buffalo. I, I can't watch San Francisco at Houston. I, I don't even know if I can watch Dallas at the Giants. Probably not. That so, used to be a good game. I'm in the city on Sunday anyway. Where I'm going into the city with my wife to do the holiday thing. So I won't be even around nice. to watch no, people. I'm working an obscene amount of hours between Friday and Monday. So Really? Well, Friday night, you know, I have that that special event that I'm not allowed to talk about legally. It's a holiday party for a company that doesn't want people to know it has a holiday party. So <laughs> it's and right. that's that's a a nine hour extravaganza of holiday goodness that my company <laughs> caters. One of the companies I work for caters. So um, good times. 
Yeah, you know, you you got to love a party where uh, you're, you're not allowed to cut off the alcohol consumption. You have to actually <laughs> notify a manager if you think someone's intoxicated. Oh, um, man, instead I'm of sit- the wrong place. Yeah, I mean, that. yeah, and that's the thing. And that's the beautiful thing because this company likes to keep their business private. I can't even tell you who it is. I can't even use the name of the company because they're they're very private. I mean, it's not like... It's and I and I worked that I've worked this party before. It's not like drunken debauchery. It's not like I would come out of here and go, oh my god, I could write a book on the things I've seen at this party. They're just extremely private and they want to do something nice for their their employees. Um, and most of them have just a really really good time, you know. But they they're very cautious. Like I have to turn my phone off before I go into the building. They want to make sure that there's no social media or anything <laughs> used, and they're just very private. And I guess in this uh, day and age, happens. you have to you have to be in certain things. So. Anyway, probably shouldn't have said all that. I'm probably fired. I don't eh, care. Eh. No one listens to this, but Deb. Hi, yeah. Deb. Hi, Deb. There's what we forgot. You realize we're way over. An, we're over an hour. Wow. We are over an hour. This was the triggered episode. This we was the triggered episode. Craig's angry because the Steelers are a bunch of thugs who beat his Bengals. I'm angry because the Chiefs are a bunch of thugs that can't beat anybody. Everyone's suspended. <laughs> injured injured go enjoy week 14 everybody if you're in the fantasy <laughs> playoffs already good luck this weekend um you know again shout out us on twitter or facebook or i don't know wherever else we are um we're looking to get listed yeah. on spotify we might be in the new spotify podcast yeah section, yep, so. that's in the works yeah that's in the works they have a long verification process so which is good yeah. but you know Anyway, uh enjoy week 14 i am brit i'm craig and this is the sober fig nuts podcast Thank <laughs> you.